Oh, sweet bird of legend, bird of life. Killer of my many pains, man, pecking out all my strife. Deliver me from emo, bitch. Fly me to the fucking moon. Give all the ladies a big old dick and all the boys a dirty poon. Oh, Jonathan Livingston, cell goals, taking flight. He soars to the clouds like there's to ban a gas mining operation up there or something. Jump in my twin pod cloud car. Let's follow that bargain busting bird, man. He's going to take us to the best in the shows money can buy, Lobot. Like this Saturday, man, he's going to take you to Agora Hills. Yeah, to the Canyon Club where me and Ralph are going to babble the fuck on September 22nd. Agora Hills, man. He'll also take you to the week after that, September 29th. Take you to the John Lovitz Podcast Theater, man. Tickets at csmod.com as always, kids. All oh, the bird of sales and ships flying, children. Look up! Don't be lost when the time comes. The day of the bird cometh like a thief in the night. Tell you, man, where that bird's gonna take us. That bird's gonna falcor your fat ass to Reno, Nevada, if you let him. For our historic Babylon 100. Take it down, bird. Take us off. October 6th, man. We're going to have Babylon 100 in Reno, Nevada. Come out and see it. Tickets at csmod.com. And hey, if you're in Boston, Kevin's going to be there, man. Evening with Kevin Smith in Boston at the Wilbur Theater, October 13th. Right around the block, man. Not too far away. Maryland, October 16th. Evening with uh, Kevin Smith or no, I think it's Jane Bob Get Old. That's right. Jane Silent Bob Get Old, October 16th. At the Fillmore Silver Springs, man. Tickets at csmod.com for all these shows. Without further ado, in the Smodco podcast. Fly me, bird. Fly me to the moon for poon. Look up! Bird salesmanship. Which, uh, okay, you're going on that one? Cool. Did I used to call you Mira? Yeah, you did. Like Almost like everybody. Space, like the space? Like the space station Mir. Yeah. Which I talked to once on ham radio. Really? Is that a weird story? When you were a kid? Yeah. My dad, uh, big ham radio guy. So he'd sit there all the time. We had this huge antenna on the house that rotated. Mm-hmm. Like a big, big antenna. Like I would say, it had two. It looked like a Tie Fighter, so it had like this circle, and then on either side of it, it had big squares. Okay. And the squares are probably six foot by six foot. Wow. So this is just on top of the house, and uh, it moved. It could, he could move it. He could turn it. And that was the antenna. To that that was the ham radio antenna. And that sometimes I remember being a kid waking up in the morning just to the sound of the antenna moving. <laughs> Like, and then oh. what did, what did, you spoke to the mirror space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was like a ham radio guy on there. I don't remember. It was like, I mean, it was just basic uh, sort of like uh, did, so where you are you turned from? Into a signal. Oh, it was actually asking you questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you contact them, you use your call sign, and then they're like, you're like, yeah, like hey. from Lowell, Massachusetts. And they're like, I'm in space. <laughs> Are they really in space, or is it like a sex line thing where it's like, oh, you think you're talking to a hot chick? What and, if it was? Like, My childhood is ruined. Like, <laughs> Again. Uh, no, yeah, but it was, I mean, it was a cool thing. And then my dad would tie, like, and then he had, like, you, when you make contact with someone, you get these little, everybody has their own little, like, calling card type thing made up. I think they're called, uh, God, what are they called? Like a physical CQ thing? cards or something like that. And they're just postcard-sized things, and you just mail them to whoever. So you'd have your own made up with your own design. would have your call letter on it. Oh, nice. My dad's call sign was uh, KD1GQ. And uh, it was, uh, you know, it had like a little ham radio antenna sticking up out of a map of Massachusetts where oh, yeah. Lowell was. And that was the design on his. And you could have whatever you wanted on there. 
Like, if you like Batman, you could put, like, a bat symbol on there or whatever. And uh, we got one from the space station. Oh, uh, so you it was got pretty cool. Card. We got a mirror card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think my dad might have talked to a space shuttle or two. But I was just, like, never. For some reason, I was just never interested. You weren't interested? I was like, eh, whatever. It's like, it's not pussy, Dad. <laughs> I don't see any tits on these cards, Dad. <laughs> so, yeah, but that was, a, you know, it was a cool thing. One thing I thought about doing, my dad was big into tropical fish. You know? Like saltwater? Freshwater. Freshwater tropical fish. Yeah. So we had a fish tank growing up as a kid, and uh, I just recently had the thought. Well, I'll tell you why I had the thought. I was watching Storage Wars. Okay. And they open up a locker, and there's a big giant fish tank in it. And I was like, no live fish in there. Just an empty tank. Sort of terranium. Yeah. And I was like, man, I should check Craigslist and buy a giant aquarium. I rent. You should just do it, <laughs> just do it anyway. <laughs> you should just turn a closet into a fish tank. I have a number of unused like closets. Like, literally, the door, and there's, like, a, there's a wall of glass, and inside of it is all the fish. It'll probably cost most a lot. of your paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you won't be able to It's a pretty eat. good idea. It's a pretty good idea. <laughs> We're going to work some kicks Admittedly, out. Admittedly, it'd be pretty cool. The, um, I'm not going to do it either, but. The do it. <laughs> or one of the listeners should do it and take a picture. If you're listening out there and you want to make closet and please. you don't care about your financial <laughs> like if you just future, wanna, if you just want to do some pro bono work for me just so I can have a bigger fish tank. That'd be fantastic, and I would totally appreciate that. But the uh, yes, yeah, so I was watching Storage Wars, and then I was like, well, maybe I should just get a fish tank. Yeah, I, you know what? You know what's really funny? What? Not what I'm about to say, uh-huh. now, that I'm, now that I've prefaced it that way. Uh, I, you know, it's strange. I was talking about fish tanks um, yesterday because my sister was in town with her kids. And so the whole topic of, like, I was talking to my brother-in-law. And so he was talking about fish tanks and how it's like you get it. And then, like, all they want to do is feed it four times. And then it <laughs> basically dies. And, <laughs> and I remember my... Um, I never had a fish tank, and I remember I got one as a gift. Like how big? It was like it was. Oh wow, that's like a thirty-gallon tank. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, she got it for me, and I was like, it was my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. so it was a birthday gift. But I kind of remember the girl that loved fish or the Grateful Dead. Yes. Yeah, seems like something she would give. <laughs> and it was like on the surface, it's immediately really cool in the present. Yeah. The part of you that's like in the moment, you're like, "Oh, this is awesome," and then you ultimately like then the then then it, that part of your brain kicks in where it's like you start thinking about like how your life will be having one all the time. So, the thought that most people give to having children, you then put on having a fish tank. Yeah, exactly. Where I'm like, it's 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 great in the moment. Yeah, but then it's like. There's poop and algae, and you got to clean the whole thing out. And yeah, and you got like a specific fish that eats algae. You got to get like an algae eater. It's a lot of work. You're it creating is. an ecosystem. Yeah, essentially. I want a turnkey one that I like <laughs> literally like once a month. They're like, once a month, you've got to like rub your hand on the glass. So you essentially <laughs> would like uh, an ant farm, right? Do you I don't feed know. an ant farm? I have no idea. Well, they're, they're, well, they, you they're have, trapped you in glass. Have to you have to drop some bar. food in there. I thought they just fed off the dead. They just eat each other. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, now I have an, literally an ant farm. I have one ant. <laughs> the toughest ant. If it's I pregnant, was it'll eat. I was listening to uh, a show. Um, I was listening to Radiolab. Uh-huh. Great show. <laughs> <laughs> and they were talking about the Argentine ants, the invasion. Of, like, ants from a certain part of Argentina. Have made it to America? Yeah, they're everywhere. Are these particularly... They're literally, like, aggressive. They're super aggressive. And the reason they think that they're starting to become, like... They're starting to take over because they basically grew up in this part of the world where it's, like, there was multiple types of ants. And it was literally, like, fight or die. So, like, it's, like, literally the world's toughest ants that are literally just, like, I'm going to fuck you up. And then we'll talk later. Like, no, it's just like attack. <laughs> they are constantly fighting. So they come in here, and I think it's like they come in here, and the American ants are like, hey, man, picnics. And it's, all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all picnics, man. 
So and they just and they just tear them to pieces. It's like letting out uh, the most hardened of criminals. Yeah, and we have know. them. We have them in our backyard because I had a terminix because we had rats. Yeah, yeah. and uh, on the report it said Argentine ants. Oh no! Yeah, are they br- like are they brutal to humans? Do they bite? They haven't attacked me yet. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get dogs. Yeah, they haven't attacked the dogs. So I don't think anybody's. Been. You got nothing to worry about then. I don't think I don't. I, if the Argentine I, ants are really just a problem for ants, then I'm okay. It's true. They they fight other ants. I and the did, reason they figured it out is that these colonies are like, if you put an Argentine ant and a and a non like this this one colony has spread around the world, and so if you take an Argentine ant from L.A. and like maybe from another country, if you put them in, they won't attack each other. But if it's a different group of ants, oh, shit. they will fucking get it on. And the Argentina <laughs> will be like, and then they'll lose, man. <laughs> Play it for keeps. The uh that's weird and terrifying. Like I think I, people are keep we're in the we're in like a glass radio booth. Yeah, we are. Well, they can look at us. It's and fine. everybody has the same but everyone has the same look of like why are why are the behind the scenes guys doing <laughs> 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 radio? <laughs> Those, Guys are obviously yeah, they're obviously testing equipment, <laughs> right? Why? That would be really cool if like we worked for a radio station and then every so often we had our own radio show, but it never went anywhere. It was Does just anyone for us. even have radio shows? I don't know. Radio shows exist. Now. I guess it would be like Kevin doing the emo Kev thing, oh. where like you're doing this thing for no one to ever hear. But that was not. But the, what's amazing about it, and if anyone listening, yeah, check out if Smodcast. anyone is listening, yeah. And you don't listen to Smodcast. Um, Kevin and I have been week by week the best thing revealing. Um, Kevin like recorded like I think almost like an hour. There's an hour of of him speaking into a tape recorder uh, when he was 20 years old. <laughs> it's still funny. You I just describe it. It's funny. I mean, it is so. I've never laughed so hard in my life. Yeah, I, I... I mean, like, I genuinely, like, every... We, like, we'll do, like, 15 minutes and then just sort of talk about it. And I've... I mean, he said some stuff that's, like, just fucking killed me. I've never laughed so hard at a podcast as I, I have at Emo Kev. It's like you just are waiting, like, <laughs> waiting for the next thing he's going to say. I think what's amazing about it is, like, it is this, like... it's It's, like... If you were sitting there, well, number one, it's like everyone in their twenties yeah. thinks that there is trying to. It's like you've left high school. Mm-hmm. You're trying to be a much deeper, more intellectual person, you know, yeah. than you really are, and you're sort of like now you're thrust out into life, and you're just sort of looking at it in its own way. But I think when you do listen to it, like there is obviously a part of him that thought he was going that it was for an audience yeah. because it's like he sort of addresses the audience on one level it's just when you listen to it if if you have listened to it and you don't wish that you had your own copy of your own tape then you're an idiot because that would be amazing to listen to i would to. love to listen to my 20 year old self just I, I can't even imagine what the things i would say but would you i mean it was like it's like he said all the things that you were thinking yeah and then the idea is like i if if you tried to put into words what you were thinking at that age like it would have the same like you know but i also feel like kevin it's like there's that kevin like trying to find his like you hear it like i watch him like he's he's rewriting himself yeah 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 yeah. he's trying to find the right words yeah he's literally a tape recorder yeah (laughs) just like and the uh the thing that cracked me up i think my favorite part of so far of what we've heard uh is him on the bicycle riding home from work yeah uh, and then he starts talking about how he talked to uh his friend's Dad. parents, yeah, Joe Paulo, <laughs> Joe Paulo, yeah, about sex and just the fact that Joe Paulo tells him that he can't teenagers don't know how to have sex for fun, yeah, <laughs> and then just Kevin having an inner conversation with himself, wondering if he's had fun sex, yeah, or why can't he just have fun sex? It's incredible. Joe follows, right? <laughs> <laughs> like there need to be bumper stickers that say Joe Paulo was right. I, I've never I mean, I've never laughed so hard in my life. Oh, some of the funniest, funniest shit. It's just incredible. I mean, and like I said, I wish I had everybody should do it. Yeah, everybody if you're listening to this and you're like 
you know, a teenager or even in your early 20s or whatever, just fucking, instead, instead of writing it down, do us all a favor. Yeah, do an audio recording. Record it. Use your phone's voice recorder. Yeah, yeah, Because you can't find a tiny memo recorder anymore. <laughs> and just do it. Please. And then let us know how that turns out. And then 20, 20 years, years later. later. Well, that's what we were talking about on the show. Of like, what will it feel like to listen to this show 20 years later? Like when I'm 61. I don't know. I'm 61. You won't be 61. No, I'll be... How old am I? 29. I don't know why asking me. Yeah. You'll be 49. Yeah. But still. You won't yeah. even be 50 yet. Yeah, that's right. I'll be 61. Suck on it. But the thing, I mean, just just the fact, I mean, I've been doing podcasts since 2008, early 2008. Yeah. So I already could go back and listen to me five years ago. Somebody was said, somebody suggested on Twitter, they're like, once you're done with Emo Kev, we should play Smodcast number one. Oh, and just like. That's kind of brilliant. Pick it apart. That's kind of brilliant. I don't know if I would. It's just, maybe it's a little too much of going inside your guys' own heads. Yeah, I would have a really hard, the hard time. The hard thing for me would be like, I he's he has the ability to do it. Like it would just drive me crazy listening to my own voice. <laughs> it would just irritate me. I wonder what twenty year old Mosier sounded like. I want. I don't know if there's any audio recordings of me at twenty. Well, I mean, when I was in Clerks, I was twenty one. Yeah. So. That's so the same doesn't sound <laughs> so exactly different. the same. I think somebody. I thought I saw somebody that said they listened to Smodcast One. I was like, they said Kevin's voice was higher, but mine's pretty much the same. I think Ke- mine was literally the same when I was like fifteen. I remember. No, I was yeah, I was fifteen or sixteen, and we were in junior high. Did you get like confused for your dad a lot when you pick up the phone? Uh, no, no. My dad even. I th- yeah, I wouldn't say he has a deeper voice than me, but he has a pretty deep voice. Yeah. Um. But I remember when I was 15, I was in, um, I was in uh, junior high, and some woman came from like a casting agency or something like that, and uh, she didn't. Do, she just she only so she reacted to my voice in uh, Vancouver, Washington. Are you? Or is no, this... at this point, I'm in Port Moody. Okay, so you're BC. in Port Moody. I'm in Canada, British Columbia, and a casting director shows up at your school. Yeah, why? I don't. I just think it was like it was a local commercial casting director kind no, of thing. No, she or? was like downtown. Oh, I think wow. I've talked about it. Where so this woman comes in and she goes, she heard my voice and she was like, "You should try out." And I was like, "All right." And I did like one audition for a TV commercial. Oh wow! Yeah. So that audition tape might somewhere. exist somewhere. Oh my god! I would. <laughs> I would be. <laughs> I would be terrified. It was it was Hostess. It was Hostess potato chips, I believe, or Old Dutch. It was like one or the other. Uh-huh. And it was like a. We walked in. It was like three dudes, and they said, um, "They said, you know, act like it was like an improv mm-hmm. of like we just all <laughs> left." <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to hear this. If it ever someone find it, we all left like a club. It was like, oh, you left a club, and like you all just had an awesome time at the club, <laughs> and like the like a rock show. No, it was a rock show. Yeah, like, everybody had an awesome time, and we we're supposed to like sort of improv on it. And I think I was pretty. I remember I was like young. I think I was like sixteen or seventeen. I felt like the other guys were older. Maybe they yeah. weren't. But I just remember being like, "This is terrifying. Like, what are you supposed to say?" And I think my line was like. <laughs> because <laughs> like as they're getting ready for it i'm trying to think like what do i say okay i just went to a rock show and it was awesome and i think i <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure i said um the words intense drum solo <laughs> i think that was my go-to intense that was my casual solo. conversation no context. Or I was like, <laughs> yeah, I think I didn't know what to say. It was like everyone was walking. They were like, oh, man, that was an awesome show. That was really cool. And I was like, yeah, that was an intense drum solo. <laughs> Beautiful. You nailed it. I don't know why you didn't get the part. I know. That's amazing. And then I saw the commercial without me because I oh, did wow. not get the part. Um, 
And then I pretty much didn't. I, I was sort of. I don't know if I, I wasn't even mortified. I was yeah. just kind of like, eh. And then I didn't really. Was there any hesitation was on your part of being in Clerks? Were you just like, I don't want to. Um, not really, because there just was no one around. Yeah. Um. So that was like the one time where I thought it was really fun. Are you credited in the credits as Snowball? Uh, no, it's uh, William Black. Uh, that's right. Got a name. But then, like, when there's lots of people on cameras and stuff, I'm not really, yeah. like, that's not really my favorite thing to do. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> even the lot, you know, even the live shows, it's like, I have to get into, like, a zone. You're, are you going to be in the to, zone, like, zone for the smorgy? Smorgy's I mean, coming. I have to be. February. Because if I was I feel like there's a noticeable omission from that lineup. <laughs> It's all right. I'll be in Canada in, in two weeks. You'll I'll be in Toronto. Without me. Without so, you. I'm not happy about go. it. I'd prefer you were there. We've never been to Canada, Canada without you. You haven't? <laughs> you haven't been back to Canada since? No. I've been back once, I think. I went to Halifax. That was uh, it's not 200, right? Yeah. Ugh. You guys should do Halifax. I don't know fun. what we're doing now as far as Nerdist live shows. I don't really... There's no list. There's nothing really happening right now. We're doing New York Comic Con, so we'll be October 12th. Get tickets if you haven't already. We'll be at the Best Buy Theater in New York City. Where's uh, that? That is uh, in, in, in Manhattan somewhere. Okay. I don't know exactly where it is. Uh, and then in, if, you ha- if you have tickets for uh, Toronto Just for Laughs, uh, we'll be there September 27th and 28th. Two shows. Are you doing solo? We're doing Nerdist. Uh, I think we'll do stand-up uh, as part of the show. So nice. You'll see me do a set. Very loud people walking. I know. Why all of a sudden is, are these people loud? I don't know. Uh, we're, in the, uh, we're in the E building right now. We so are. Sort of, we get distracted very easily because there are windows. And people walking by. Yep. It's a fishbowl. It is a fishbowl, ironically. And this is where you do. The, this is where, this you is where do we do Nerdist. Nerdist. Yeah, most of Nerdist is in here. So no, no longer. Meltdown. I'm in the Hardwick seat. We've only done. We've only done like three episodes of Nerdist at Meltdown. Gotcha. Uh, the plan was to do more, but it just became a thing of convenience because Joan and I work in this building. Gotcha. Uh, and then when we did the Nerdist TV show, we do it out of this building as well. And you guys are just like, why do we have to leave yeah, this, why do we go to leave this building? What if you but, could live here? I, I feel like I live here sometimes. It really does feel like that. There were a couple days. I mean, there was there was a when we shot those the, the last batch of BBC shows that went out. I worked for twenty two days straight. Ooh, here in this building. Wow. Yeah, it was because we were shooting on weekends. So I did the tag of the show, and I did this, and I don't know. They, we, we might be doing more next year. More BBC. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. We'll see how that pans out. The, uh, what was I going to talk to you about? Oh, I, um. Enough about those other podcasts. Enough about those other podcasts we do. Go listen to them. Uh, <laughs> the, so this weekend, do you, okay, your sister was in town this weekend. I, I did some stuff. I went to a party at the House of Blues on Friday. Okay. Nerdist. On Sunset. Yeah, it was the Nerdist Legendary Party. What does that mean? Legendary Pictures. Okay, the, which acquired the Nerdist. Yep. Yeah, we had like a like a party, a gala. And, uh, yeah, it started very early, and I was not aware of how early it was starting. It started at six forty-five p.m. And you weren't there? No, no, no. Uh, I was at the Improv on Melrose watching Kumail, who uh, was a very funny comedian. Kumail hosted Attack the Show that week, and then. Friday night, he ran his hour because he's doing an hour special in uh-huh. October. So he ran his hour at the Improv, so I went to go watch that. And then we ended up going to the House of Blues at, must have been 10.30. We get in there, almost completely empty. You totally missed the party. Most of the party. But since they had rented it out, the bar was still open. All the cupcakes I could possibly want. And free video games. 
And you didn't really have to. So didn't have to really schmooze anybody. Yeah, because I got there so late. It was fantastic. And there was no one, like no one was there to be like, what the, where the fuck were you? No, I did see. I caught Chris Hardwick. He was about to be leaving, and I caught him. So I was like, I've been here the whole time. I was just over there. He'll never know. <laughs> he won't tell you. Listen, again. he's not listening. <laughs> but that was the thing. And then, and then there we went to on Saturday. We went to this Pakistani restaurant. Kumail, Kumail, and uh, Emily brought uh, myself and Kiki to uh, this Pakistani restaurant called Al Watan. Where is that? It's on Inglewood Boulevard. Huh. Like, it's, you know, you go, it's a little past the airport uh, off 405. Yeah, yeah, And uh, it's great. Dynamite. From what Kamel tells me, it's the best Pakistani food he's had in L.A. In L.A. So, I'm going to put that on our feed food recommendations. To go to? Al-Watan. Spell it. A-L-W-A-T-A-N. Okay. Yeah. They have some, oh, God, it's, it's good stuff. I had some goat. I've had goat. Yeah, I had some goat with some rice and some goat situation. It was delicious. Uh, there's this thing called the uh, halava, which is like some sort of lentil and bean thing. It's like a, almost like a thick split pea soup. Mm. Delicious. It is delicious. So, so you're going back. Oh, I'll be going back. Yeah, that's, a lot, that's actually the second time Kumail and Emily have uh, taken you there. Brought me there, yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a lot of, I, I recommend that. If you're ever like, what the hell's Pakistani food? Go there and just and order anything. I, Everything was good. Well, that's a good recommendation. Yeah, nothing, nothing we ordered was bad, and we ordered a shit ton of stuff. I, uh, I did not go anywhere interesting to eat this weekend. Oh, Scott. I wanted to go to Disneyland this weekend. Yeah. But uh, I didn't. I ended up, what did I do Sunday? Why did you want to go to Disneyland? Do you like the rides? Well, I feel I thought like it was going to be a little cooler, and the Halloween decorations are up. So why not go? Halloween decorations are up. Haunted Mansion is now reopened with the Nightmare Before Christmas theming. Oh, really? Yeah. So they changed the whole ride. They changed the music. They changed <clears throat> my sister. All the animatronics. They all went to Disneyland on Friday, and uh, Friday was the first day it was of 108 that. degrees. Oh, I went on this. I went to this fucking. I went on a field shoot for Attack of the Show in Ventura. On Friday. Well, it's better. It's cooler. Yeah, it is. But here's the problem. My Jeep air conditioning isn't really working right now. So I put the top down. Top down. Top down driving up the 101. Yep. I was passing over the valley. Got a little past the valley. And then I looked at the mirror, which tells me the temperature. And it was 112. It was hot. I had... It, it was brutal. Felt like I was sitting in an air in a hair dryer. That's what it felt like. <laughs> just imagine the heat from a hair dryer, just constant. And you sitting in it? Yeah, and me sitting in it with a long sleeve shirt and jeans, because I wore the wardrobe that I had to have for the. Oh, you didn't bring a change of clothes? No, because I had to go in. I had to get there and get out. So you made a mistake. It was miserable. It was at a junkyard, and then I went to the wrong junkyard. Why are you at a junkyard? The the shoot was at the junkyard. What were you we were, I was reviewing a camera. And they were like, you should do it in front of a junkyard. Yeah, well, they were already shooting one package up there. So they were like, hey, Matt, go do something up there. Review a camera at this junkyard at the shoot we're doing. So I said, okay. I didn't really say okay that quickly, but I You're was like, very ah. angry about it. <laughs> didn't want to you got more and more angry as you yeah. were like driving And then as I'm there. driving, I'm like, this is so, it's the hottest it was thing hot. in the world. It was not a pleasant day. But they were there at 108, and they were kind of like, it was a little too hot to be at Disneyland. It's yeah, not the most magical place. On no, Earth. they don't have the power to make it. Not with not. that heat. They yeah. they have some like I feel like Dubai could build a Disneyland, an indoor and one, and close it. Yeah. They have you should. been to Dubai? No, me either. We should do our first live feed in Dubai. <laughs> we should post it. We should do it right now. We're pitching it out there to Dubai. <laughs> hey, Dubai, if you're listening. Would you we like? want to make you the number one. You've just got to fly us out, Four put beer. us up, put us up at the Hilton. Uh, that's in Dubai because uh, the restaurant there is a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. I've had people. I had a short doc I did play there, but one of the directors went. I think to Dubai, and I know somebody else who's been to the film festival there. They say yeah. it's pretty awesome, but hot. Is Very it warm? They have a they have indoor skiing there. 
Yeah, I mean, you can do anything in there. Yeah, you, you can do literally do anything. They could have built a Disneyland under a glass case. Yep. Why not just build the whole city under a glass case? I haven't been to Disneyland in many years. We used to go when I was a kid because I lived in Upland, California. Yeah. And we would go on Christmas Day. How was it? Was it always busy as shit or? No, it was really, it was it was pretty empty on Christmas Day. Uh-huh. That's why we went. It was like there wasn't really anyone there and they mm-hmm. had like a parade, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there wasn't really anyone there. So you could like, you know, we'd get up really early and then, and this is when I was like six or seven, get up really early, you open your presents and then you're there by like 10 o'clock. <sighs> and then it's like, it's kind of empty and you can just get on all the rides. That sounds perfect. Christmas Day at Disneyland. That sounds like what I want to do. Well, you can't. You can't. I can. I can do it this year. I've never, I have not, since I've moved to LA, I've never left LA for Christmas. No. So I spent a lot of Christmases by myself. Never here. Yeah. My parents are in uh, Florida. What are you going to do this year? The same. You're going to stay here? Probably. You can go to Disneyland. Now I might. I'm telling you. By myself. Why by yourself? Because I'm sure that Kiki, Kiki will be, she'll probably have to go, like, to you don't think she'll ask you to go Virginia with you? or something. I don't, I'm not going to put that on her. <laughs> what if I pretend I'm Kiki? <laughs> uh, I'd be like, hey, Kiki, Christmas is coming. Hey, Matt. Yep. Uh, you're not. What do you want for Christmas? She'd, she'd probably say, she'd probably be like, hey, dummy. Hey, dummy. <laughs> I don't know what your nickname is. <laughs> is that your nickname? No, she would just somehow insult me. And oh. then I would, it'd be funny. We would hey. laugh about it. <laughs> hey, dummy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Christmas is coming. I was thinking of maybe just going to Disneyland. By yourself? Yeah, probably. You know, you have all those plans with your family. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> That's pretty spot on. Uh, That's how the conversation would go. Do you, well, I mean, do you want to go with me? Wow. I don't know. (laughs) It's like a lot of pressure. Is that your real reaction? (laughs) (laughs) Because now if she hears this, she's not going to ask you. Because she knows you're going to balk. She doesn't listen to this. Pardon? She doesn't listen to this. Oh, okay. Pardon my she might actually assumption. she literally might actually listen to this. Um yeah, I don't know. But I usually uh, one year I went to uh usually go to a bar on Christmas Eve. There are some people that stick around for Christmas yeah, yeah. in LA, you know, so we go to a bar on Christmas Eve, usually dead. Tom Bergens. Tom Bergens. Been there on Christmas Eve. Yeah. One time I was there and I saw a very lonely Sean Penn. Yeah. Sitting at the Did bar you go talk by to himself. Him? No, because it was just after <laughs> it was just after the Robin Wright divorce. Oh, okay. And I was like, "Oh, bummer, he's here by himself." I, but you weren't there by yourself. No. So you felt there was like one or him. two other people there with me at the time. So you at least you were like, at least I'm not. Sean yeah, at Penn. least I'm not Sean Penn right now. But then I was like, lonely Sean Penn. You should have invited him be by yourself. And then, right? Who comes to join lonely Sean Penn? Guess. Just guess. Just put, think of a just an actor that you might have seen Sean Penn in a movie with at some point. Anthony Edwards. Nope. Uh, Kevin Spacey. I don't know if they've ever been in a movie together. <laughs> but they, they gotta be have. friends, because they spent Christmas Eve together. Oh, really? Yeah. So like, he wasn't alone. So you went from feeling sorry for I him. I went from feeling sorry for him to be like, wow, he gets to spend ah, the Kevin evening Spacey. with Kevin Spacey. And then you looked at your friends, you're like, hey, you guys, guys aren't Kevin Spacey. Kevin, Spacey? <laughs> Kevin Spacey's <laughs> visiting Sean Penn. Where's, our, where's Alec Baldwin? <laughs> or Jack Lemmon. I would settle for anyone in Glengarry, Glen Ross. Jack Lemmon. He would he would not around. Yeah, that's true. Would you, would yeah, Al Pacino? Al Pacino, I'd settle for Al Pacino. Alan Ed Arkin. Harris would be great. Alan, Alan Arkin, Arkin, I would. Alan Arkin would be at the top for me if I had to pick somebody to spend Christmas Eve with uh, from, everyone, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. from the Glenn, Glary, Glenn Ross movie. <laughs> it's Alan um, Arkin. I would pick Alan Arkin. If I had to pick someone now, do you think there's you, Jonathan Price also? Yeah, but do you think that you would I still pick Alan Arkin? 
Would you do that because you think you would get along the most with Alan Arkin, or do you think that he's the most interesting? Um, I would say that I, I as far as body of work, I'm yeah. a big fan of Alan Arkin. Yeah. I have a soft spot for him. I'd go Pacino. I wouldn't go Pacino. I'd be scared to yell. I would love it if he'd yell. Yeah, but then you're not really having fun. You're just like <laughs> looking at him like a freak show, being like, "Yell for my drink." Have you Order seen me something really loud? <laughs> He's got a great ass. That's Pacino. Is that your Pacino? That's Pacino from Heat. Do you, talking to talking do to you Hank Azaria. No, not at all. You just you just did. Well, I just turned, you can't I just went away from the mic and then I yelled, "Great ass." Uh, but that was an attempt. You were talking. You were, to you're Hank trying Azaria. to approximate. Admit you're trying to approximate yeah. Al Pacino. Yeah, he's interrogating Hank Azaria, and they're talking about Ashley Judd. In what? In Heat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would still choose Alan Arkett. Have you watched Heat recently? No. It's pretty I slow. probably won't. Very slow. <laughs> I very probably slow won't ever watch that. There's a lot of things, like I'm at that age where there's, I do come across things where I'm like, I'll, never, I'll probably never watch that movie again. Beverly Hills Cop 2? No. Beverly Hills Cop? Um, I might. I'd probably stumble through a little bit of it. Yeah. But I don't know if I could make the full commitment to it. <laughs> I would be curious. Like, if it just came on, I would probably watch yeah. it for like 10 or 15 minutes. I would, uh, I was just watching Beverly Hills Cop uh, 2 the other yeah. day. Because, again, I stumbled across it on Comedy Central. And I, I thought it was highly rewatchable. It's Marty Breast, man. It's a good movie. I was watching last night. We were at home, and my older niece was there, and uh, E.T. was on. I've never seen E.T. And so we, all of us, my wife, my sister, and her uh, husband were all like, oh, uh, my sister was like, turn on E.T. So I turned on E.T., and I was like, it was right at the point where um, he's literally going like E.T. phone home, where it's like, no, it's the part with the, oh, you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, so I'm literally going like I've seen, you know. I've seen pieces of it, so you might hit um, a piece that I've seen. Plus, Scott, I've ridden a the ET ride. Oh, really? Many times at Universal ET Studios. Ride is not that good. <laughs> I read really? the ET ride. Have you like, you've ridden the ET ride? Yeah, I thought it was me, Kevin, Muse, and somebody like way back on like Mallrats or something. Did they take a picture at the time? I think they did. Uh, I think oh, Muse has someone's it. Someone's got to be. I think oh, Muse has it. Fine. Or I think he did have it. I don't know if he still has it. That's something for the well, smart we were, guys. We were watching ET, and um, and seeing if our niece would get into it. <laughs> like seeing like if she would be like, she would buy that. It's so like, this is the equivalent for you of putting two different ants together to see if one of them is Argentinian. Yeah, I was you just put like, your, you is put it, your niece in front of ET to see if she buys it? Yeah, to see if like she got sucked into it, and oh. she did it a little bit. We didn't watch it from the beginning, so it's a little unfair. She did a little bit, but at one point, I was like, "Put your finger out," and I was like, and I touched it. I was like, I was like, ET phone home, and then I did like about twenty minutes later. I was like, I was like, "Put your finger out," and she was just like, "You just did that," <laughs> and then I was like, and then I asked her. I said. Because it's like near the end, it gets, you know, it gets yeah, really emotional. Yeah. And I was just like, are you nervous? Are you nervous about what's going to And she's like, no. She's like, I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. <laughs> wow. But she basically was like, I'm not. She wasn't as engaged as the rest of us were. We were all pretty like, what's going to happen? But she did go. She did. It was. I will say this. The moment. And I, I'm not ruining anything for you because it is the ET ride. The yeah. moment that all the kids on the BMXs take off, yeah. she was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, it so, still holds wonder. Yeah, that's cute. But then she had then then she started asking a lot of questions, and I was like, "Don't fuck this up for me." <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck. Don't fuck ET. this up for me. Don't poke holes in the logic of the extraterrestrial. Fuck don't fuck up ET. It's a it's a very watchable movie. I hadn't watched it in a long time. But I was huge when I was a kid. Did you not then, a repeat viewing? Like it wasn't like I saw ET and then I came back and I was like, we gotta go fuck C E T again. Let's go. Let's we gotta go. get all up in ET. Did you like go grab Reese's pieces and I remember being that gung ho. I just remember it wasn't like Star Wars or one of those movies where like, oh I wanna see it again. Yeah. It was more just like I remember liking it. But then 
There's almost something. I was right at that age. I think it was 80, wasn't it? I think it was around yeah. 80. So I was right at that. I was like nine. So I think I was right at that age where I was like, eh, it's like, it's not like it was in between. Like it wasn't actiony enough or it well, wasn't, it was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, didn't feel totally like a guy movie or like, I don't know. When I saw, uh, I thought I would be a puss. When I saw Super 8, did you see Super 8? I did. When I saw that, I was like, if I was fucking 12 years old. Now. That, yeah. And saw Super 8, that would be my fucking jam. But it wouldn't, because you wouldn't be the same person. You're thinking about your 29-year-old brain and a 12-year-old. No, I'm thinking about, I'm even thinking about, I'm thinking about me then. Or what I think me then was into. You know what I mean? What was I into when I was 12? But just the idea of making movies with your friends and then like an alien comes down and like I feel like I didn't wow, make movies with my friends though. I, didn't I mean, either. I'm not saying that you can't have that. I didn't either. That. Listen, I'm that's not, what I want. I'm not telling you you can't have <laughs> that's that. That's what I need. You wish. So you watch it and go like, I wish, I wish that, that, that I had friends that wanted to make movies. No, or I me. wish that like, well, you know, when you were a kid, like, I mean, let's see. I'm trying to think of how old you are. So E.T. came out, you were nine. Like, uh, you were in the wheelhouse for the fucking John Hughes movies, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, I came to him a little bit, so, like, I kind of more caught up on home video a little bit. Ah, uh, okay. Like, I wasn't exactly the right age. Is there a movie that you remember being like, ah, oh, this is this is the movie about people my age, and it speaks to me? I remember, like, Weird Science being, like, yeah. a movie that was... Um, like it was that that movie fell in at the right age yeah. where it was like it was you know where it was like I that's was into chicks that's kind what? of a special thing yeah like when you when you're a kid and you find that movie that comes out where you're, you're like, like this is it oh I can watch this in front of my parents yeah. with a boner Kelly <laughs> <laughs> <Gally> LeBrock <laughs> yeah she was way hot and it's not like it's not even necessarily a great movie. Yeah. Like it's more sort of just all over the map. But it was like it was that first it was one of the first movies that was like you know, it was a little bit in the wheelhouse of like <clears throat> Caddyshack or something yeah. like that, where it's like you felt like you were watching something that you kinda maybe shouldn't be watching. Yeah. But like Meatballs, Caddyshack. I mean those are before Yeah, yeah. I didn't see those in the theater or anything, but I don't remember seeing them in the theater. Yeah, but like when I was a kid, for me it was like movies. Well, Weird like, Science was the first one that was about people of the same age, as opposed yeah. to like watching a like Caddyshack is more about like watching adults, and you're like, oh, I shouldn't be watching that. I shouldn't yeah. be yep. watching. And uh, Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton, that's Chet. That's Chet. It's like, oh yeah, I have an older brother. He's a dick. <laughs> I didn't have an. Old, I was. I it was just like my friend, and I remember like I do remember watching it because I had no like computer. Yeah. Oh okay. I was not a computer guy at all. Yeah. Um, very late in life, so I didn't grow up in high school dealing with them or anything. But I remember being like, um, sort of. It, it made me curious, but only probably because I was like, maybe I can make build a chick. A yeah. Girl. Maybe lightning will hit your house while you're. Strapped up to a Barbie. Yeah. There's a Barbie on the table, like a Time magazine. There's a Yeah, there's a Barbie. <laughs> and then they scan in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do like a wireframe one. Yeah, and they make the boobs bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, and then Lightning, and then, and then, but she never gets, na- that's the one that yeah, she's she never, never gets naked. naked. And then too, that's another thing too, like Major League, I was like, when I was a kid, when I saw Major League, I was like, this is going to be great when they finally win enough games to pull off all the card... Uh, you know, they had the cardboard cut out of the owner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time you win a game. <laughs> and then they pull it off. And then uh, I, when I was a kid, I'd just seen it on a TV. So I was like, oh, that's probably because I'm watching the TV version. They never really show anything. And then, and then I bought it on Blu-ray. So I was like, that? finally. You're like, finally. <laughs> and then uh, she's in a bikini. And I was like, Really? Really? Uh, that sucks. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. And even on the even on the movie, they weren't in the movie. Did they acknowledge it? I don't know. I don't think so. She's not naked. It's yeah. not really a great plot point. Yeah, it really isn't. Really punching holes in Major League here. But no, that's. I think that's a fun. I think that's a cool thing. Like when I was a kid, 
like major league, but like to be more specific, a movie about kids. Uh, for me, I think was The Sandlot, which came out. Yeah, I don't I even was, know. Yeah, oh, you were that. way too old for that. But like for me, that was, those kids were my age. I was playing baseball. Well, mine was the Goonies. I guess I was of that. Okay. I was in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I was in the age. Bra- I was Goonie. I was yeah. a Goonie person. Yeah, because I was shit. of that age where it's like I was right around the age when Goonies came out. So if you were of the Goonies age, you were totally. Were you like way into Raiders? Yeah, super. Yeah. Like that was like that was. That was like the movie that, <clears throat> like having like Star Wars Raiders felt like the first like, like, adult movie like yeah. movies that were aimed directly at an at an adult yeah like with all the face melting yeah like, uh, that was like that was the movie that i remember i remember i think like kevin remembered jaws mine was raiders do you see raiders in the theater yeah i think i saw it like twice there's, yeah, only, I, there's like a few there's only probably like four or five movies that i really remember mm-hmm. um strongly seen like seen in the theater and being like holy cow yeah. that aliens yep Aliens is really good. Um, Terminator. Yep. I was arguing with somebody yesterday about how Termin- I like Terminator more than Terminator 2. Okay, well, let's bring that argument up one more time. How? Terminator to me is like, I, I think Terminator is a way better movie. Terminator is an excellent film. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like Terminator 2 is better than Terminator. But it's better for reasons that I don't think make it a better movie. I think so. You're like, oh, it's effects and stuff like that. Yeah, I think the plot of Terminator Two is excellent. Yeah, but it's not a plot without Terminator One. Correct. Okay, so they need to exist with each other, like most movies that then have sequels. Yeah. (laughs) You're really proud of yourself right now. I still like. I'm. 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 I'm, That was a movie. Terminator. Was a movie I got on, I had on VHS as a kid, and I would. Uh, Did you ever join the Columbia Columbia yeah, House? Columbia House, yeah, hell yeah. You get those like that's how I got all my VHS movies. Yeah, and then uh, my mom signed me up for Columbia House, right? So she would just whatever was out, the movie of the month or whatever they'd send you. She would like be like, "Do you want us to keep this or send it back?" So, uh, and I remember we got Pulp Fiction. Oh wow! And I was eleven. Oh wow! You were eleven when Clerks 11. came out. Yeah, yeah, I was eleven when Clerks came out. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I'm sorry. You were twenty-one. <laughs> I know, but that's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So like, we got we got Pulp Fiction, and I watched it uh, as an eleven-year-old, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen." Like I wanted to like grab a guitar. Did your parents do? They ne- I don't think they ever watched it. Oh, so they had no idea. They had like, no idea have about fun the game. With your Columbia yeah. house. Have fun with the game, Matthew, and the heroin overdose. Yeah, but I mean, that was. I think that's part of why I am as fucked up as I am. Because you watched Pulp Fiction. Because I watched Pulp Fiction at eleven, and I saw Terminator Two in the theater when I was eight. I don't. I. I mean, I think they're. That's the. I, first. I don't think you've exhibited anything in the short time I've known you where I would yeah. call you fucked up. Well. I don't know. Maybe I like. There has to be not, a scale of like what is yeah, fucked up. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't think I'm like. If there's a person out there who's fucked up, mm-hmm. they're probably not walking around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how, like we have to all return to to actual scales. A dude just looked. At, a dude just walked by with the just like, is that a fan? No. <laughs> is that a famous person? <laughs> yeah. Is that a famous? No. <laughs> and I'm cleaning my teeth. Um. Yeah, the scale of fucked up in this. Yeah, like fucked up people are people who are like, you know, literally. Okay, well, maybe, probably can't people who can't function because they've had experiences right that are so traumatic. Yeah, unlike you seeing Terminator Two when you were eight years old. <laughs> okay, well, I think maybe I'm more desensitized to things uh, of like violence in movies and stuff like that because of. Just how young I was when I was exposed to those kinds of things. Yeah, but don't you think being desensitized is a byproduct of time rather than, like, exposure at an early age? I mean, I think being desensitized to something else just has to do with, like, if you continually... um, The guy came back 
Yeah. He was like, maybe, wait a minute, I think I, that's the... Uh, I think that's Wade, never mind, that's Wade. Oh, somebody who knows you. Yeah. Um, I think that you're desensitized partly because, like, regardless of whether you started at 8 or 12 or 15, yeah. um, if you, you know, you'll have that moment of, like, oh, my God, or, or like, where you're sort of startled by something, and then... And then you'll just continue to move past it. I remember the first rated R movie I saw was Moonraker. No, <laughs> well, no, Moonraker was not rated R. Yeah, it was. It was no. Sean Connery? No, no, not Moonraker. Um, fucking, that's a James Bond movie. Yeah, no, it was um, um, fucking Sean Connery movie. Oh, he's got a, the red outfit on the planet. No, 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 no. It was like he was a cop on a on a planet. Mm. Planet cop. <laughs> No, it was called... I'm listening. It was called... Oh, fuck. I got to look it up. Although I don't think I get any service in here. God damn it. Keep talking. Okay, so Scott's looking up. It wasn't Moonraker, which is a Roger Moore, James Bond movie. It was... uh, Which has Dr. Holly Goodhead. That's the Bond girl in that one. Dr. Holly Goodhead. James Bond's coming out on Blu-ray. All of them are being released together next week. Coming to my house, thanks to Amazon. I... I did get Sean Connery right, but it's um, he he's on a moon and he's like the sheriff, and there's like a drug thing going on, and people are bringing drugs up to this like this planet thing, and there's there's like some nudity, and there's murders, and then there's like a dude that there's a part where a, he's basically being hunted by these guys, and at one point this guy's in like a service tunnel or something, and he he um. He basically punches a hole in it, and the guy's head like stretches and explodes. Oh, that's kind of awesome. It's called Hold On Total Recall. No, <laughs> god damn it! But that came out. It came out the same time as uh, Enter the Ninja. That was this other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. But I remember, like, I remember more vividly. That's I remember vividly that head exploding because I think that that was like. One of the, you know, like the beginning of seeing sort of like this over, over like super violence. Yeah. Things, ex- heads exploding and stuff like that. But then I think you just get desensitized to it. Yeah. I just don't like, I. Don't over wanna... time, not because at eight. I it's just not wish... like you, it's not like at nine you were like completely desensitized right. to violence. Or but I like, wish like as you left the theater, you're like, violence no longer bothers me. I wish I could go back in time to 11 year old Matt and just. What did he think of, you know, Terminator uh, Marcellus Wallace getting raped? Oh, like, what did you think about the rape? Like, what did he think was happening? You don't think you were, like, probably, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Was the, I was 11. You'd already seen T2. Yeah, I'd already seen T2. I'd, I'd seen most of Arnold Schwarzenegger's catalog by that point. Total Recall. Um, Running Man, so on and so forth. Twins. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm almost... Outland. Outland. I've never seen Outland. I've also never heard of Outland. Outland, Marshall William T. O'Neill. It's, uh, I don't know if it's good or not. I don't remember it being particularly amazing. But, it, like, I was... How old was I? I was probably, like, 10. I was, like, 11... 10 or 11 okay i was young i was young, just watching Matt. a guy's head just get it was like a fake effect where it's like it's like he kind of i don't assume my head would explode this way at all but i feel like what happened is they took the image and they like stretched it so it looked like his face expanded into this like thing that was like two like you know two feet wide and yeah. then it finally exploded as opposed to like i i assume a head wouldn't do that right no it wouldn't it would just explode no I don't know if it would explode at all no it wouldn't if you ended up in the vacuum of space, you'd be alive for a little while. You'd be alive for like 30 seconds, and then you know, your body essentially would just freeze. I mean, you would freeze. Maybe you would. Um, your beard would keep you insulated. Yeah. I can go to space. <laughs> you can go to space with your beard. Space beard. A crime action thriller sci-fi. So that's Peter that. Himes. Written and directed by Peter Himes. What did Peter Himes go on to do? Oh, so many things. So many things. 
everything, Scott. He just did everything. Um, that was my first. I, 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 I don't think. But Pulp Fiction, I think, is that's pretty trippy. Yeah, it was to see man rape. Yeah, man. You don't really see as, man rape a lot as any, an adult. Anyway, yeah, I still don't, I haven't seen another movie of man rape. No, I don't know. Maybe Sleepers. What's the, that? This that movie with Kevin Bacon and uh, and uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, is he? Uh, I don't know what Sleepers is about. I literally just said sleepers. I just pulled that movie out of nowhere for no You're reason. Like I think it opened with a man rape, or it was in the end credits. I don't. Remember. There's a movie, isn't there? A movie that involves uh, something with the the church. I don't know. Or someone gets buggered. I might. Yeah, I might. There's got to be completely be making it up. There's got to be a movie with Deliverance. There you go. The original. The original man rape scene. Squeal like a pig. Which is way more disturbing, actually, than yes, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably paved the way for Quentin Tarantino to be able to do that. Yeah, without Deliverance, there would be no Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Without Pulp Fiction, there would be no Memento, I think. No? I don't think so. Is there a man rape in that? No, it's just the, just plot out of order, you know? Gotcha. That whole sort of thing. Somebody did that before Pulp Fiction. Uh, we're running out of time. We got some fee breeds to get to. We do. We are running out of time. We're, we're at fifty-five minutes. Oh, okay. Our fastest moving episode ever. I know. <laughs> I feel like things are really happening. Yeah, for us. we're doing it. We probably took us six episodes. I have two. I have two. I have a. I have a piece of fiction. Mm. And then I brought a cookbook recommendation. <laughs> okay. Because I don't know. You brought a restaurant. I brought a cookbook. All right. So I didn't bring the book. So I had right. to print something. That's why. I That's, look at you. You're using your resources at work to just do that. Um, I picked. This is one of my favorite books of all time. One of my favorites. Uh, Sometimes a Great Notion by Ken Kesey. Sometimes a Great Notion by Ken Kesey. By Ken Kesey. His, uh, <clears throat> it's his follow-up to one flew over the cuckoo's nest which oh okay yeah, yeah. people i was I, you know i'm a fan of one flew over the cuckoo's nest but i actually like um i actually like sometimes a great notion more i'm a big, big fan of that book um here i'll read i printed like a synopsis uh, a bitter strike is ra- wow. The synopsis makes it seems really big. There is actually a movie of it directed by Paul Newman that I've never been able to get my hands. Oh on. wow! Yeah, it was made by Universal and like. But a bitter strike is raging in a small lumber town along the Oregon coast, bucking that strike out of sheer cussedness. Cussedness are the stampers. Henry, the fiercely vital and overpowering patriarch. God, sounds so lame. Hi, Hank, the son who has spent his life trying to live up to his father, and Viv, who fell in love with Hank's exuberant machismo. I don't want to read this because I don't really. Don't read it. Just tell me what it's about. Um, out of the Stampers' family rivalries and betrayals, Ken Kesey has crafted a novel with the mythic impact of Greek tragedy. Oh. But it be, I mean, for me, like having grown up in the Northwest, it's like one of the best books about. It takes place in Oregon. It's one of the best books that sort of evokes um, time and place. Yeah. But they're this, they're a clan, they're a family called the Stampers, and they're a logging group, and they live across this river. And I just remember, I think the, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is the way the novel opens is like there's all these these uh, people on the other side of the river and this guy comes out and they use binoculars and hanging from the front of the hanging from the front of the house is a human arm and the and the middle and finger, middle finger has, and the hand has been fashioned to be flashing the middle finger all right it's a long book but it's like I, it's one of my favorite books of I, all time. I love that book. Sometimes a Great Notion. Ken Kesey. Sometimes a Great Notion. Ken Kesey. Uh, my Phoebe Reads recommendation 
is uh, actually sort of a graphic novel. It's not even sort of a graphic novel. It is a graphic novel, but it's a particular edition of the graphic novel. Uh, it's the hardcover bound edition of Hush, which what, is a Batman story. Okay. Uh, Jim Lee does all the art. Okay. Jeff Loeb wrote it. And uh, what's great about this edition, it binds all the all the issues, which I think, I don't even know how many issues it is, maybe 10 or 12 issues. It's a big run, and it essentially incorporates every Batman villain. Wow. Uh, a Batman not knowing who, in the, in the, in the first issue, uh, Batman gets fucked up real bad. Real bad, beat, like. He gets the beat down? Unconscious. By who? By unknown assailant. Oh, mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. a mystery. Someone, someone cuts the Batarang line. Oh. And he falls 30, 40 stories down. And he lands. And he gets fucked up. He gets Pretty bad, up. yeah. And then uh, Oracle, you know, Oracle? Uh, no. Oracle is a Batgirl. Okay. She, uh, at some point in the comic run, gets paralyzed by the Joker. Uh-huh. She can no longer be Batgirl, so she essentially runs the uh, Bat computer and is in constant contact with Batman. Okay. Over the year. She sends out the Batmobile to pick up Batman. Uh, Huntress helps, puts Batman in the Batmobile. Takes the Batmobile, takes uh, Batman back to the Batcave where uh, um, Alfred is there to try and stitch him up. Yeah. But uh, with he's, the Bat medical supplies. Yeah, with the Bat medical supplies. But he's really fucked up. So he's broken uh, bones. Yeah, he's a mess. So he needs uh, surgery. Gotcha. Pretty bad. So they call on a childhood friend of Bruce, who is supposedly the best surgeon in the world. To uh, and do they do they leave his mask on, or do they go like, "Hey, Bruce Wayne slipped in the shower"? They actually uh, they have uh, Nightwing wreck a Porsche, wreck one of Bruce Wayne's Porsches. Ah, so that's so how they explain it. Car accident. How. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great graphic novel. The uh, Hush hardcover is actually annotated by Jim Lee. Okay. So he talks about different panels and stuff like that that he's drawn. Nice. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Awesome. So I would Hush. say pick up Hush. Bye. Get it used because brand new, it's ninety nine bucks. Fuck that. But used, it's like you can get it for like forty six. Because it seems like you're pretty no, I'm keeping attached it. to it. Keeping it. Uh, and then, as far as if you like, if you don't like to cook, then then stop listening. If you don't like to cook, I still, but you like to eat, I could still recommend this cookbook: Hot, Sour, Salty, Sweet: a Culinary Journey Through Southeast Asia. Okay, it's all Southeast Asian food like Vietnam, Thai, Laos. I'm gonna get some Korean barbecue tonight. Now that you're mentioning this, it's not. They don't. I don't think okay. they cover. Okay, well, they don't Korea, get there. But uh, so, but. It is like a readable cookbook. Like the pictures are amazing. It kind of talks about all the regions. It's a re- it's a readable cookbook, but okay. the recipes are pretty amazing. And they do like street food and stuff like and that. And who who wrote it? Uh, Jeffrey Alford. There's another name. Jeffrey Alford and Naomi D U G U I D. Dugweed. Dugweed. Yeah. Let's say Dugweed. Um. If you like to cook, and it's, well, if you like, if you don't like Southeast Asian food, then you're not gonna like it. <laughs> That's my. If you don't review. like Southeast Asian food. That's my review. Be breeds. <laughs> if you don't like Southeast Asian food, you're not gonna like it. Um, but that uh, and check um, for all these things, you can go on our Tumblr site, feedpod. Dot dot Tumblr. Tumblr. Dot com. And it'll all be on there now that we've hired somebody to yep. take care of it because we're terrible at it. Yeah, and we need uh, to... If we, we're we going to put this out there right now. Let us know. You can email us at foureyesandbeard at gmail.com if you would be interested in Phoebe t-shirts. We're thinking about... That came up. Yeah, we're thinking about doing a run of... Uh, like a small run of Phoebe shirts. Four eyes and beard. But if three Phoebe people fever, want them. Like if three people want them, we're probably not going to do it. But if like 15 people want to do it, then we'll actually consider it. So if you actually, if you think a Phoebe t-shirt is something you'd like, uh, maybe with the logo on it, uh, we can have Dana, who uh, did the logo for us, maybe snap up a shirt, 
and possibly we could do like three designs and then you could vote on which design you want the uh, the most. If you're interested in a Phoebe t-shirt, please let us know. Email us at foureyesandbeard at gmail.com or if you hate us, email us at foureyesandbeard at gmail.com. Just whatever. Tell us how little you want a t-shirt. Just let us know what you're thinking. If you like the show, if you have questions for Scott, if you have questions for Matt, email us and uh, we'll answer them on the next podcast uh, during a feedback segment. Yes. Uh, until then, uh, thanks for listening to Phoebe number six. We'll be back. I think we're going to call this episode Space Beard. Space Beard? Yeah. Impenetrable Space Beard. <laughs> uh, we'll see. You'll know if we call this Space Beard or not. Uh, enjoy your uh, week and have a burrito. <laughs> This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.